Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. We have very exciting news for you. That's right. We are headed to Philadelphia, Hal. Yes, a return engagement Saturday, June 23rd at FIT, which is the Philadelphia Improv Theater. Two shows. There's a 5 p.m. and an 8 p.m. They will be different. That's right. Why is it called FIT and not PIT if it's the Philadelphia Improv Theater? Because that's what we do. We turn PHs into Fs, like Philadelphia. Should it be an F? Who knows? Maybe that's what we'll decide. Maybe we'll decide should Philadelphia be spelled with an F. I'm really excited about it. Have you been to Philadelphia before? I've heard about it. (laughs) Is it good? Come join us. If you are on the East Coast, come join us in Philadelphia for our two shows. We're going to have an early show and a late show. we got some great surprises planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to see all the people of the world there. Yes. Get your tickets at bit.ly forward slash we got Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y. 2018. That's how you do it. New York, Delaware, New Jersey, Philadelphia area. Even if you're in Lancaster, get on your horse and buggy and drive it on over. I don't know how you're listening to this. Is it Rumspringa? Anyway, come to the show <laughs> with your odd beard. Uh, we won't judge you. That's the one place you won't be judged for that no, no, no. odd it beard. It will be odd. We'll just go, ah. Yeah. We'll yeah. be odd. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so come see the show. For now, enjoy this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best talking dog movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Speak. 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 Hi, Hal. Hey. Hey. Like this? Good boy. Oh, thanks. Good boy. Where's my treat? Good boy. Where? I was promised a treat. getting to spend time with me and with our guest. Dave Nadelberg. Mr. Mortified. Is that, do you prefer that nickname? Is that the worst name you've ever been given? No, but it's, (laughs) it's delight. I don't know. Mr. Mortified sounds like a Marvel villain. Sometimes I'm called like, yeah, like diary guy. Which is weird. <laughs> Just like my people. Hey, you're like, hey, you're that diary guy. Yeah, or mortified guy. Like I've, I've, yeah. So, I mean, but it's better than like other names that you could call. Actually, my my answer machine, if you call it, says, please leave a message for Dave or David or whatever weird nickname you know me by. And I think it's because <laughs> my name, which is my last name, is Nadelberg, which is sort of infinitely nicknameable for a lot of people. Yeah. Where I'm like noodle dude to. I don't know. Noodle dude? I'm, I'm, <laughs> Wouldn't have picked that one out at all. <laughs> knuckle butt, like whatever. Yeah. Just someone's going to make something up. <laughs> Noodle dude, knuckle butt. <laughs> the new cop show. <laughs> They're the new Rizzoli and Isles. Yes. Super popular. <laughs> that was the working title for Rizzoli and yeah. Isles. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're not here today to talk about Rizzoli and Isles. No. We're here today to talk about... Talking dog movies. This now, was, this what, was suggested. Yes. Let me just throw this out there before we get too deep into it. K play bass from Reddit. I assume. Mommy played tenor. Me and little brother would join right in there. <laughs> Sorry, it's a old Johnny Cash tune. So thank you to K play bass. Also, before we get into it, because I think uh, Mortified is a brilliant concept for people who are not familiar. This has been a book stage show. Podcast, television show. It's it's in cities all around the U.S. It's now a bath soap for you. It's available <laughs> on a bath soap. Finally. You can rub mortification all over your 
vaguely hairy bodies or hairy bodies, whatever, or hairless Let's bodies. Let's be honest. Yeah. Hairy bodies. Yeah. At I least a, at this table. I have yeah. a whole case of, <laughs> All of us. I've dehydrated mortified in case I get hungry. I just keep it as a snack. <laughs> oh, that's it's very good. Chill. More to jerky. More to jerky. Yeah. Tell, tell More us, jerky. Please yeah. explain mortified for anybody out there who's not aware of what it is. I Okay. I'll let Mark explain mortified jerky, but I yeah. will – so mortified is this storytelling project uh, that has been around for uh, 15 years somehow. And um, it's where adults share their most embarrassing childhood writings, often diary entries, love letters, lyrics, whatever you wrote when you were 14 mm-hmm. thought you were a genius. Uh, and you share that in front of total strangers. And, um, yeah, and so we now run as – it started as a stage show. It now runs in 20 cities worldwide uh, in five different languages. And then we have podcasts and uh, we, ha- we have a series you can watch if, you're, if this sounds – uh, you know, if you if you want to hear it, you can hear the Mortified podcast, or you can see our new series, The Mortified Guide, which is on Netflix. Which, if you don't know, is that thing, that internet thing that has a new show coming out every hour. Yeah. So oh. that if you go, so that you if you wind up having a show that appears on Netflix, like like more the Mortified Guide, you'll be excited, and then you'll be completely drowned out like a minute later because <laughs> because you know. There's like it's just an avalanche there. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. Um, it, Mortified is one of those shows that uh, if you get a chance to see it live, go see it live uh, because I, I I still recall fondly my favorite Mortified story I ever heard, which was or my favorite piece of writing from Mortified. Okay, was I believe uh, he was in seventh or eighth grade when he started writing letters to Mr. Belvedere. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and <laughs> went up on stage <laughs> and just read these letters he had written to Mr. Belvedere. And it was hilarious and poignant and amazing. And then the band plays more music, the live live yeah. music. And then we, and then uh, I think we have that as an episode of the Mortified Podcast. I think we, yeah, we did. Mr. Belvedere guy, yeah, Steve Skaya. Man, um, and then so funny. Wow. And then we bring in a special guest star. You didn't. We have, I, I believe you, you know Bryce, right? Bryce. Oh, Beckham. I thought you were going to say that you. Uh, we resurrected Mr. Belvedere. Chris uh, Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> well remembered. <laughs> Bucker <laughs> just shows up at the shows anyway. He's yeah. always there, so we're halfway to. Yeah, we just get dead dead eighty celebrities <laughs> to show. No, but Did we you got say Bryce Pinkham, Bryce Beckham, who is the little boy from Mr. Belvedere. Yes, who I who I would imagine you guys know. He's hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he's he winds up sort of surprising the audience. Spoiler alert: He sure. winds up uh, surprising and, and appearing in the in the piece. It's very touching and funny at the same time. I love it. Yeah. It's such a good show. Well, speaking of things that are touching and funny at the same time. <laughs> oh boy. I know. That was a, that was a real easy segue, you guys. I'm, I'm, it wasn't really a proud reach at all. No. Not at all. I, no, I'm, that's, I'm, yeah. yeah. It was Cause good. that's, that's literally what these movies are designed to do. Yeah. What movies are those? Please. Talking dog movies. <laughs> Why did you want to do the topic talking dog topic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you sent me a list of you here's did a, here's a bunch you of did this to here's us. a bunch of deba- <laughs> things to debate, and I was like, do I want to talk? Of-? And and this was the one that I tried to write a talking dog movie. That is what I was hoping you would say. Yeah, yeah. I'm so <laughs> Why? excited to hear about this. Did you was that like the idea that popped in your head? Did somebody come to you and say, listen, I okay. need a talking dog? So movie. I moved to Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> Wait, get your diary out. Yeah, or more to oh, find. this is An great. Adult- Version. This is, this is fun. So I moved to Los Angeles in my, you know, right after college, my early twenties. I'm now 43. And, um, I, you know, you know how you, you, you like, I'm going to write like this cool, like you like thing to the system and they're going to discover me. 
and then that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then you're an artist and you're like, whatever you do. In my case, I was a writer at the time. And, and then I'll do this other, no, I'm going to like, at, at some point I moved to the idea to like make it, you should just like do what sells. Mm-hmm. And I think every writer or, or musician or whoever like has these varying ideas of like, go the indie route. No, that's not working. Go the mainstream route. No. And like yeah. no, nothing, you know, you don't have control over much of it is what I've right. learned. But so I had this idea, this very cynical idea that, um, <laughs> they always make talking dog movies. <laughs> I had this idea for a talking dog movie and, uh, called Pooch. And, um, <laughs> And, uh, Pooch, by the way, is the movie that someone is walking out of in a fictional film that has someone <laughs> leaving a movie theater. <laughs> this is true. So I had this idea for a talking dog movie called Pooch, and it was kind of a cool idea, but it, I, I think it was just very cynical where I was like, you know, to heck with these movies that are like, so, like, I just, I think I thought, I, I was very condescending towards, you know, how hard it is actually to even write, you know, like, um, I don't know, some like Benji Lassie type movie. Mm-hmm. Not that those are talking dog movies, but, um, <clears throat> not yet. Not yet. Someone exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think I, I was a big fan of Air Bud. Like, le- I'm a legitimate fan of Air Bud, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Charles Martin Smith, who you might know from Starman <laughs> and Never Cry Wolf. <laughs> Somehow he directed that. <laughs> oh my that. god. He directed that. Anyway, sure. Air Bud's a really good movie. The sequels eventually have talking dogs, but the original yeah, the original doesn't Air talk. He just he just uh, he slams that yeah. dunk, yeah. And, and then Airbud Golden Receiver, yeah, where he plays yeah. football. And then there's Karate Dog, there's Seventh Inning Fetch. No, it's Seven. Karate Karate Dog is a talking dog movie. Is it, it not? probably is, but I think it's also an Airbud sequel. Is in that world? Right. It's the, in the, the Airbud universe, the Airbud right. cinematic universe. Wait yeah, until sure. the Infinity War Airbud <laughs> edition. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great. That's the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's basically the Olympics. <laughs> and when I lick my crotch. Half of the cats will disappear from the universe. <laughs> okay, so Pooch. Um, yeah. So I thought, oh, this is so easy to write, whatever. <laughs> and like that's clearly how I talked at the time. And then – so I write Pooch. And um, I gave it to a friend uh, who, was, who was often a collaborator. I gave it to a couple friends. And this friend tore it a new – you know, we're not allowed to swear, right? Rear end. Rear end. The tore it. Tore. He did not like it. Sure. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then I gave it to other people who, who didn't like it. And I, and I realized this very important lesson, which is, um, you have to like something as an artist enough not to do it once. Um, because there are some people who can write something that they don't care about. I did mm-hmm. not care about Pooch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked it, but I didn't care about it. And um, you can you could do that, but you have to like it enough not to write it once or even twice or three times. And I think – actually, I think this was the second or third draft that I finally shared. But you have to like something enough to write it 15 times. Right? Yeah. Because – it, that's still what it's going to take unless you luck do you mean, out. Do you mean writing it 15 times in drafts or do you mean writing it 15 times because they're going to make 15 – if this movie does well, they're going to make Pooch 1 through 9. And that's a high-class problem. Series. Yeah. What is the ghost protocol of the Pooch universe? <laughs> when do we get to film 800? So but, – but anyway, Pooch was about this Hollywood dog who gets kicked out of Hollywood for, for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Um 
and um and then f- and he hates like suburban life and all that stuff and then he gets he winds up getting kicked out and becomes homeless and then adopted by like a cute suburban family so he's like living the the life that he hates and it's like a rags to riches in reverse mm-hmm. thing and you've seen things like it and actually the movie bolt eventually I never watched it because I think I was hurt when it came out. Bolt, <laughs> Bolt, I believe, is about a Hollywood dog actor. Mm-hmm. Like it's about like what if Lassie was like an obnoxious celebrity right. kind of right. thing. And I don't know what happens in Bolt beyond that. Well, but- we're immediately eliminating Bolt <laughs> because it is a personal affront to our guest. Yes. So yeah, that one is that's not why. going to win. That's why it won't be the best talking dog movie. But, <laughs> but anyway, so I, but I learned – I thought it was a very important lesson to to realize like – you have to care about something enough to really soldier through it. Doesn't mean you have to love it, but like, and some of us, I think most of us can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, and because basically the lesson is everything good is done in the rewrite. Like, yeah, it's not, it's about the editing and the shaping and the, the, the honing of something. And, and so I've always taken that to heart. So thanks, Pooch. Yeah. Maybe Pooch taught you the greatest lesson of all. Maybe we should go back and do a rewrite now. With that. <laughs> now that you know this, like you've got, you well, got I the realize, key. But once what? he does it, he's going to have to do fourteen more. But I realized that I didn't care. Right. I was like, I yeah. don't want to put my all of my psychic, like my soul, into this thing. Mm-hmm. That that just depletes me. So I'd rather put my soul into into other. Other things that won't see the light of day, <laughs> you, but, but that I'm proud of. Yeah. But in in doing Pooch, did you sort of? I, I know at that point you're like, all right, what's selling? I'm going to make something that yeah. sells, and then that'll when I, when that truckload of money comes, then I can make whatever I want. Yeah. But it was uh, and, and Andy I Kaufman did, doing taxes, and I did have an agent at the time who said who read the first draft of it. I think there was only like three, and she read the first draft, and she goes, "This feels like you hate this movie." Like I can right. tell you're writing this with such like she goes, "It's occasionally funny, but it just it feels like you're above it." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that was hint one." Yeah, yeah. and it's just like you shouldn't, you know, like. And I've since met like um, I've become friendly. Uh, uh, with this guy who was the showrunner for Saved by the Bell, which is a awesome. show that people deride for its writing and all of that stuff. But in talking to him and in, in about his craft and stuff, it's like you learn like even shows like that that people are like, eh, it's easy. Anybody could do it kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, no, there's a real skill set and and you have to love it in in, in whatever way it is. Uh, anyway. Yeah, look, I well, love Saved I've, by the Bell. I've never derided Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I even love the college years. I own all of it on DVD. This is true? This is 100% what true. What is the best bonus feature on the college years <laughs> DVD? <laughs> I, I think maybe there's a commentary track. Maybe I'm misremembering. If there's a commentary track, by far, that has to be the best feature, if, even if I've never listened. If there's a commentary track from one of the new additions to the cast who doesn't have 10 years of yeah. being on a show together and is like, uh, so this scene when we shot this, uh, I, I just met these guys. <laughs> yeah. There actually is a, a Mortified podcast episode about celebrity obsessions where somebody writes angry letters to one of the, to the, the guy who played like the new Screech. In the new cast, Saved by the Bell. (laughs) Oh, wow. And like this guy would write like hate mail to the, and so he reads that on stage. He's very, he's like, Was it Dustin Diamond that was on stage reading his hate mail? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I wrote this to the guy that took over. 
Uh, but all of that okay. to, to, to actually ask, when you're putting together Pooch, are you like, let me look at what works yes. in these kind of movies? Oh, yeah. I so research. what makes a good talking dog oh, in a movie? What makes yeah, a good talking dog movie? Okay. What are our criteria that if we're going to pick the best, mm-hmm. what are we looking for? Well, I think you start with the base of the meal is, uh, is what makes a good dog movie. Sure. Which, uh. Um, so the base I've of never... the meal is dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Suddenly I have no appetite. <laughs> um, but, and I, I don't know if I've ever articulated this before, so I love that you asked this. Um, I think, uh, a great dog movie is like the, is, is really what we associate with dogs just in general, like on, on a cultural level, like loyalty, um, f- friendship, and it ties into the thing that is going to be my pick. Um, but yeah, loyalty and friendship and, um, uh, you know, trust and sort of that blind love where it's like, mm-hmm. we're brothers, right? you know? And so you got that at the base. A talking dog movie adds, God, I guess because my pick doesn't really do this. That's interesting. Um, so that's maybe what makes a good dog movie. As far as what makes a good talking dog movie, right. um, I think I don't know that I have a good answer to that. I mean, I want my I, I want to say mm-hmm. that it's like it's the chance to vocalize this person, this person, this creature that we often think of as having a human. Personality. Everybody with a dog has a voice for their dog. Right. right? Yeah. Sure. Um, do you think you mentioned the companionship and the brotherhood? And yeah. uh, do you think that uh, a successful dog movie needs to have a human counterpart? Do you mean successful talking dog movie? Successful, to- or I guess yeah. I mean that would. <laughs> um, I guess a, tradi- a regular dog movie would because you have to have traditionally. I mean the, the tropes are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and my pick doesn't do this, but, um, but, but the tropes really, yeah, tend to be, uh, a, you know, like a, f- like an Air Bud story, mm-hmm. <laughs> which everyone knows, but like, sure. or like, or like Lassie. You know what like- this studio needs? <laughs> a new Air Bud story. <laughs> <laughs> but like where you have, you know, a kid who's alone and then gets a friend who's a, who's an animal, right. in this case, a dog who plays right. basketball and, um, who, uh, and then, and then they sort of transcend the language. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess in a talking dog movie, they don't transcend yeah. the language. Right. Sort of like e- the things that make ET a great film. Yes, is it's a bond between two quote unquote misfits, mm-hmm. yes. and they complete one another and help one another become more whole. Or, or yeah. they can't complete. Neither one of them can complete their individual journeys unless they complete a journey together. Right. And is that and fair to say, yeah, I think so. But then there's there's all sorts of curveballs that are interesting like mm-hmm. and and maybe this is a this was not my choice but it was almost my cho- choice there's um you know the Chevy Chase movie from the from the 70s or 80s um that stars Benji's oh, daughter dog. Oh, oh heavenly dog. dog yeah stars and the dog who plays the dog in that is named Benji but not the character right. is named not Benji it's the dog actor is the daughter of the original Benji right. whose name is like Higgins or something crazy and the daughter <laughs> is named Benji but it's playing a different game. It doesn't make any sense, but the point is Chevy Chase was a voice. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy Chase was the voice of a dog a couple of times. But I it, but it wasn't like a little boy or a little girl befriends a thing. Right. And, um. I wonder if, oh, okay, well, Chevy Chase is in Karate Dog. Yeah. Uh, the cla- the new classic of the Air Bud universe. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's middling in the universe. So we, we have, um, let me, go, real go quickly ahead, though, uh, it seems like then, 
the absence of a human might be what makes a great talking dog movie because out of necessity, mm. the animals are talking. You know what I mean? If yes. it's, it's rare that you see a dog talk to a human in a human voice in the, you know, in speaking English or whatever language you're watching this movie in and the human doesn't react by freaking out. It's kind of like Toy Story. You know what I mean? It's once the people are gone, then the animals are talking. Right. Well, and then the, the other question is, and this this could cut a huge swath out. Would you consider an animated film in which the dogs talk a talking dog film? So I'm going to drop a bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought long and hard about this. Yes. Yeah. And I, my choice is an animated movie. And I was like, they're going to ride me because they're going to say that I'm cheating or something. Here's my and concern. I, I think there's different. I think there's different buckets mm-hmm. in the talking dog movie genre, right. and that's just one of them. And uh, and mine is that. Okay. And this is what's concerning me. Okay. Is that you keep talking about your pick? Oh, we we okay. we're gonna go with no preconceived notions here. You okay. can come in about, with a you pick. can no, you can absolutely come in with a pick. You might be right. I, you oh, absolutely oh, might was be I right. not supposed to? No, no, no you can. can. Oh, um, but our job, our job as the three of us, we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily going to each fight for a particular dog movie. All this oh, to say, that's fair. And I didn't come in with picks. I um, have one. I oh, do really. you? Is it, is it something that takes place in Philadelphia? Probably. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it doesn't have a golden retriever playing sports. I don't know. That's just to, I don't want to ruin it. Because unless he's playing for the Eagles, that movie is garbage. Yeah, I want the Invincible movie, but with a dog. <laughs> I want to see um, a Basset Hound play for the Flyers. That's fair. You know what? I, I am totally swayable because this genre is, um, is, is important. Uh huh. Yeah. But is it? But there's a lot of things that aren't. Great. Right. Yeah. Well, but that you love. Drum roll then. Yes. What is your pick for okay. the best talking dog movie? So I, going through the, I did a lot of internet research and then I really, I stumbled upon something from my childhood that I really do think is a, is a very good movie and it's The Fox and the Hound. Oh man. You hate it? I love The Fox and the Hound. Oh, good. I'm a hound dog. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a fantastic movie. You know who movie. that voice is? Uh, it's Kurt Russell, right? Well, or the other, no, when he's an adult, they're Kurt Russell, and then when they're a kid, the, I'm a hound dog. That voice, I yeah. think, I think. Oh, it's yes. Keith Coogan and um and Corey Feldman. Corey yes, Feldman, it it's I got it right here. Yeah, it's the Coogs. <laughs> um, and I are foxes canines, by the way, or are they cats? Felines. Yeah, they're, foxes they're, are canines. Yeah, they are canines. So there's technically two dogs in that movie, <laughs> yeah. but they're they're from different. We're, and so that movie is like this interesting Wait. thing about like it's sort of about racism and and or about not racism but like it's a metaphor for it's a fable about pre- prejudice and bigotry mm-hmm. about these two creatures who are supposed to be sworn enemies and due to um, mm. a situation that happens in China in their their pup years they become really good friends and then they reunite years later as enemies and then they're like wait I'm torn I'm supposed to hate you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, which later gets remade as Enemy Mine. No, it didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the fox gives birth. Truck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then Copper has to raise the baby fox. Oh, you knew the name. Yeah. Oh, Copper. Yeah. Oh. I do. I do. Uh, I have a lot of very useful. That was useful information. It's not even useless. I, I think, I just think priority. that should, that movie makes me cry. It has a lot of important things about, about the importance of friendship. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
the song when you're the best of friends from that movie is do you remember the do you know the song yeah when you're the best of friends and it's sung by pearl bailey i think yeah and it's very like it's that like (laughs) like early 80s late 70s like there's a flute in it so it's got that sort of like dreamlike and it's just her voice her rich i don't know that song i i love that song um that you know what uh let since you mentioned the fox and the hound that is tough to beat because i was actually talking to some buddies about this doing this episode they're like oh it's fox and the hound Really? Yeah. I'm shocked that that came up. That, uh, and the other one that came up a lot also animated. So I feel like we have to, uh, let's just start with the animated ones. Okay. Does that work? Sure. Um, is Lady and the Tramp. I, I, I debated that. Uh, yeah. Lady and the Tramp and also the original 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we, I like, I would go to that. Lady and the Tramp. I was watching some clips of that last on YouTube mm-hmm. in, in preparation for this. Um, and I was thinking how, that date scene is really romantic, like with the spaghetti and the, mm-hmm. the kiss thing. Yeah. Is, is really one of the most iconic date kisses in, in cinematic history. Like, why that? And I was just like, it's just something about it's so powerful. And it really is like, he's, he's really kind of like, it's weird to have a romantic comedy for kids, but it really mm-hmm. is like, he's got this like swagger. Yeah. Like, and it's, 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 it's not sexual, but there is like a right. a sexuality. It's romantic, yeah. It, and it's, it's there's something. an innocence to it, but also there's an innocence to it, but it's also a romance. It's definitely rom mm-hmm. like it's definitely, definitely they'll not- bone oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah. after the movie, there <laughs> yeah. is going to be boning. And yeah. this is a great look, parents out there. I, I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids, but if you show them this movie, it's a great opportunity afterwards to sit down and tell them the facts of life. Say, so you know, after this, yeah, they're going to go bone. They're gonna go you, to Bone Town, and I don't. Mean you mean like how we give our chair. dog a bone, like that? I don't understand how. You know, when a dog and another dog love each other very much, <laughs> they give each other bones. One of them gets one on of them top does. of the other one's back <laughs> and administers. They go into what what is called. Nope. Let's stop. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll just say there's an opportunity. There is there is that. Uh, it is like a very pure idea yeah. of, mm-hmm. of of a romantic encounter, and that's why every time there's a there. It's like a montage of romantic moments. You'll always get the nosing of the meatball and so, the slurping of yeah. the meatball. And that's part of the, the dog, talking dog universe of like both of these movies where like there are humans, but they're very peripheral. Right. Right. You know, um, and, and Toy Story, I think, is the same way where it's just like it's really – if you hear a human at all, they, they just – they're not the central things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think Lady and Tramp is – Lady, and also another thing I love about Lady and the Tramp is, and, uh, I think this, this could be a, a further discussion too. It is more dogs better because if you have a movie where there is one talking dog versus a movie where you have so many distinct different characters, you've got the, uh, you know, you've got all of these different dogs in the, in the kennel or mm-hmm. the, uh, the pound. Um, and I, I'm probably going to confuse some of them with dogs that are in 101 Dalmatians, which is the one that has the dog, uh, it's howling, 101 Dalmatian that has the, the howling mid, the chain. The midnight bark. Yeah. The midnight bark. That's 101 yeah. Dalmatians. And the, the pound is Lady and the Tramp. Right. Um, but so they both have their second, their great secondary character dogs. I mean, the dog, the dog, the, the, for me, I love 101 Dalmatians. I love mm-hmm. all Disney films, but yeah. that one in particular. I would watch over and over again as a kid. And there's something about that midnight bark 
where you learn a lot about like what London society might have been like in the sixties. Like just the different varieties of British uh, yeah. dogs that exist there. Harumphing. Yeah. But, or, but are we going as a movie or are we going as, or are we going with the dog characters too? Because I think as a movie, I think 101 Dalmatians for me wins hands down because it's, it's such a, a big departure from the previous Disney movies they had made. Yep. The artwork is cool. Their version of London is this sort of like mod hand drawn, like, the backgrounds half the time aren't even colored in. It's just this groovy looking movie. Yeah. Um, but like Pongo and Perdita are, they're, you know, they're good and upright and true parents to their 101 yeah. precocious puppies, but there's not a ton of, you don't have like the sultry one singing, here's a tram. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you don't have these <laughs> insane other characters. I mean, we are looking for the best talking dog movie. That's right, not if the best it, talking dog. If it was the best talking dog, I would, I would make an argument for oh, Doug you... from Up, which is not really a talking dog movie. It's a right. movie that has a great so talking right. dog in it. Yeah, it's like that's like saying like the Muppets because there's mm-hmm. Ralph the dog and exactly. Right. I also considered Sport Goofy, or <laughs> but oh, sure. but that doesn't. <laughs> It's still debatable if he's even a dog. So a very goofy yeah. movie. Well, he was Dippy Dog. I think he's he a was. Dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. Goofy he's is a hundred percent a dog. Um, is that so? It sounds like we've got three great contenders right now. But I think yeah. we need to explore, in the animated. Yeah, I think yeah, we need on to the animated the... side. Do we know of any? Do, or are there any other animated dog movies? All dogs go that, to heaven. That stand, yep. like o- Oliver and Company. Yeah. But they're not. I don't think they Balto. have the. Bolt, Balto, no Balto, and Balto, yeah, Balto and Balto, uh, Bolt, Bolt, Bolt and Balto. Uh, the Aristocats, which has two talking dogs in it, but if our best talking dog movie is The Aristocats, we will probably get letters. <laughs> Robin Hood, will you really get letters? Oh yeah, Let, I but, will. He doesn't read them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am angry, <laughs> dear sir. I never write letters like this. <laughs> but <laughs> after your latest episode, I felt inclined. Uh, you also have the Secret Life of Pets from two years ago, which I didn't watch. I didn't either, but it's. I think it's like one of the top five Universal movies of all. T- like there, it's insane that I, I saw a, a list of, of I saw a list of uh, uh, the top box office gross. I was like, this. It was really that that big, insa- huh? Maybe just because of ticket prices being higher now than they've ever been. So it's be more that. recent ET. movies are going to be high up there. I do think All Dogs Go to Heaven, from what I remember, is is. Uh, I mean, obviously a very weird premise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's make a movie about dead dogs. Exactly. Right. It sounds um, like a but, dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually it's, it's pretty good. And there's, I wish it was a movie because there's, there, there was a TV show in the eighties called, um, the adventures of Pete the puppy or Pete the puppy Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah. And it was these puppies that went all over the world looking for their master or something. And that was very, um, epic. And I don't know why I'm talking about it, but <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Did it, you see that show, Downward Dog, last season? The yoga show? No. It wasn't. It was a, it, they titled it for no reason other than it's a yoga pun, but there's no yoga in the show. And I okay. was like, that's cheating. Um, please it, tell me it's about a dog who is hitting rock bottom. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> it's the leaving Las Vegas. Of no, it was, shows. it's an ABC Oof. sitcom. About this single woman mm-hmm. and her life, and then she has a dog who's, you know, like a baby Herman, like snarky kind of, that only, that she, you can hear his thoughts, but you, uh, so it's a talking dog series. It was actually very, I thought it was very good. Right on. 
Um, who was in it? Do you remember? Do you recall? It was, was it, was it like a name, uh, no. voice or anything in the, uh, everybody in it was made up. I don't, know. Great. I don't know. All, like all actors that you've never seen before, they are made up. No, but it was actually very well acted. I, I like um, you can find it on Hulu, I'm sure. To quickly finish up on, uh, the dog from Up, though. Yeah. Y- yeah. You're uh, yeah. absolutely right. That dog is. I'm surprised they didn't give it Doug like his own spinoff. Right. You know, like Tinkerbell got a movie at some point. Or like even just a short that what goes before a Disney film. Let's, let's make it. Right? Let's do it. Uh, what I if we I don't, I don't know if I want to write a, a, a movie. Just for the purposes. <laughs> <laughs> what if all of your ideas for dog things were like, what if Doug met Pooch? <laughs> what if they, what would happen if they had a spaghetti dinner in an alley? Oh God. I think they just cut oh. it in half and eat it on their own. <laughs> yeah, cause they would realize you don't need to. Kiss or no? Like you don't need to like slurp the same thing. You could just share. Exactly. <laughs> and that's you can, you can just <laughs> divvy it up. <laughs> I think for animated films, that pretty much does it. Okay. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to pick an animated film now? That's going to. I, I think the animated film is going to be the winner. I th- I'm uh, I'm so nearly a hundred percent. So let's leave. Let's, let's leave with those three. Let's yeah. hold off. I'm pretty certain you're. We're not right. going to forget those three. How about we take a quick break? Great, and then we'll come back. We'll do live action, and then we'll make a decision to go walk the dog. Yeah, we're going to go walk the dog. We'll be but right with back. yo-yos. Yeah. <laughs> Before you hear about the great shows on Maximum Fun, you should org. hear about the great shows on the stages of the Philadelphia Improv Theater. That's right. Us doing two of those shows is. On Ooh. Saturday, June 23rd. It does shows Yes. <laughs> My precious. I can't do that voice. No, neither can I. But you, we you were pretty close. Well, you do a Philadelphia voice and I can't do one of those. Why don't you tell everybody the details about our show in Philadelphian? Sure. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go down to Philadelphia Improv Theater, okay? You're going to do it on Saturday, June 23rd, okay? There are two shows. One is 5 o'clock show. There's an 8 o'clock show. At 8 o'clock show, you can get a VIP ticket. And hang out with us at 7 p.m. for like a whole hour. We'll sign something for you. You can hang out. You can talk to us. And then come see a show. Both shows are going to be completely different now. Both shows? Both shows are going to be different. Here's I sounded like a British actor trying to do a Philadelphia accent. Yeah. You, you can look up Philadelphia Podcast Festival. You can look that up and get tickets there. Or you can go to Philadelphia Improv Theater to the Fit Theater, P-H-I-T, uh, and you can get tickets there. Or you can just go direct at Fit dot l y forward slash we got philly 2018 that's w e g o t p h i l l y 2018 i've never heard you like count or spell in your philadelphia voice and it is glorious if you want if you listen if you want to hear more of this not gonna edit it out come on down to the theater even if you're in new york delaware jersey just come on over we love to see you but for now, <laughs> please enjoy these wonderful commercials for wonderful Max Fun shows. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, good oh, stuff. Man, every time. Uh, well, I hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending to. But anyway, why not listen to another podcast, too? It's called The Flop House. And on our podcast, uh, we have recently watched a movie, often a bad movie, and we review it on our podcast, but mainly talk about other stuff and, I don't know, hang out. It's all about hanging out, feeling like you're being with your best friends. Who are your best friends? Us three. Dan McCoy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show, Stuart Wellington, owner of the best bar in Brooklyn, Hinterlands, and Elliot Kalen. 
former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things. Author of the upcoming children's book, All right, that's enough. The Elliot's credits just go on and on. Yeah, but if you like the idea of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House? It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. Hey, my name is Jonah Ray. You might have seen me on the latest season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 or heard me on the Nerdist podcast. Well, I got a new podcast that's about five years old, but we're moving it over to Max Fun, along with my friend Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. And my other friend, Neil. Hi. Nailed it! So, it's a music podcast where a lot of people just kind of hang out and talk about music, but so much more. We also take submissions. And so you can hear your band or our, our music. <laughs> or, or both. Or, or both of it. You could, do, you could listen to your band play your music. Yeah. Um, so, tune in. Why don't you? You could find out about some new bands and maybe just hear us embarrass ourselves as we drink too much. Not too much. Well, it's all perspective, isn't it? Sure is. Listen to Jonah Radio on MaxFun.org. All right, we're back. Okay, now it's time to take a look at the runners-up, which is going to be the, the live-back. Well, I don't know. Um, let's let's take a look at some of these uh, these classic live-action talking dog movies. I'm just going to read off a few. Uh, thanks to off. Kate McManus. I'll tell you if I cried when I saw okay. it. Okay, you too. Yes. Okay. Homeward Bound. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cats and Dogs. No. Did not cry, but it. No. <laughs> but what? what were we gonna say? Uh, but I was going to say it's very good, and then I was like, I don't remember if I've seen all of it. The secret mm-hmm. war between cats and dogs. It seemed like it's an fun. It's, and then it's medium sequel. fun. Wasn't yeah. there a sequel too? I think there so. is. Where it was like is. pussy galore. Any stuff. children's movie nowadays has straight to video sequels. Yeah. That's and at, at that point, the by the time they get to the third sequel, it's just ninety minutes of fart noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a flip book of a cat, which is <laughs> flips. Um, we've got Look Who's Talking Now, the third in the series featuring Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton as talking dogs. Yeah. I would rather see them fall in love as people than as dogs. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Because voice-wise, you get it. He's like, it's Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. yeah. She's Lady It's Gruff versus Classy. 100%. Um, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yep. That sure. made you cry? No, I'm just agreeing that it existed. <laughs> yeah. I also acknowledge its existence on this planet. Okay. Uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua uh, 2 and 3, a lot of fun. I watched them because, you know, truth be told, I had a friend in them, so I watched them. You didn't like the first one. Uh, you I like the second one. I, don't I never to- saw the first one. I only saw the ones that my buddy was in. Yeah. Um, Babe, 1995. Very good. Cried. Very good and uh, yeah. very much cried. Not sure. a dog, Not a dog movie. movie the title character That's... is a pig. Yeah. Um, the Buddies movies, uh, as, as mentioned before, there are 10 Buddies movies in all. Some of which have talking dogs. Airbud did not have, uh, Airbud did not have a talking dog, but the rest of them did. And I recently watched a whole bunch of trailers for these. <laughs> right. Uh, because in the Mortified podcast, uh, me or the the producer Hadley and I were talking about um these movies, and somehow we got onto just sport animal movies. Mm-hmm. And so I wound up watching trailers for a monkey uh, that a chimpanzee that yeah MVP most vertical primate 
who, who oh. skateboards, but then also at some point <laughs> snowboards. Yeah. And they actually have footage of this animal doing it. And I'm sure they beat the shit out of the animal. To make oh, it. man. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed oh. to say that. That's oh, all right. But I'm sure it's like, <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't imagine it's a, it's a, it's a kind thing to, a humane but, thing to do. I'm but, not laughing because I want to see a primate <laughs> pistol whip until they can do an ollie. <laughs> but the idea that that, and you know at some point, like, it, it's disgusting how animals are treated on sets in general. Yes. But the idea that somebody's like, I know how we'll get this thing to do tricks. We'll use a cattle prod. That'll do it. Oh. It's crazy to me because I think that's how Tony Hawk learned to skate also. <laughs> um, if, if, uh, if Hollywood's listening, we don't need chimps in movies. They don't like doing it. We've, we've already got plenty of footage. Not even Ed when he plays baseball in Mexico. I, with, no, uh, we, they, we, all these movies are already made. So we I once wrote them. an angry letter to a film <laughs> critic who said the review of Ed was two words, colon, skip it, which is technically four words. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, um, uh, and that was, that was the review. And I wrote this very angry letter in college <laughs> as this guy who's a monkey movie aficionado. And oh, I said that Ed God. is a very important movie and I, it was no winking. I was like very serious. Right. And so they published it and <laughs> it was great. Cause this I'm a, so, cause I'm a jerk. Back so, to dogs. This is so good though. I like the idea that you didn't betray that it was a bit. Is, is Hotel for Dogs in there? Cause that's a good one. Hotel for Dogs, uh, is one of my, is one of my favorites. It's, uh, a, it's, 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 it's underrated. Hotel for Dogs is in here. I thought it was great. Don Cheadle is fantastic in it. I thought all of the, uh, I thought Lisa Kudrow was great in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really funny, the, there's a good variety of dogs. It feels like the talking dog live action version. Of like Lady and the Tramp or 101 Dalmatians in that there is a great variety I feel of like, really good dogs. And the ending made me cry. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a, so you asked that question, what makes a good talking dog movie? Which uh-huh. is, of course, what we need to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's very important. Right. Yeah. And, um, in hearing all these things and I, and now I'm thinking of like Milo and Otis and, and, mm-hmm. and we, you know, you discuss Homer Brown. I'm like, the reason you asked, did it make you cry? I think was initially as a joke, but now I'm thinking about it as like, oh, that is, I feel like maybe there's two criteria for like, one is you, you kind of want to cry at some point, but then you also, uh, maybe there's some wish fulfillment thing happening, like mm-hmm. with a lot of talking dog movies, mm-hmm. um, where it feels, um, like, well, and the base language thing is like, what is that animal who I love thinking? Yeah. Right. You know, um, the cry, and, the cry and, is rarely a sad cry. <laughs> it's an uplifting, yeah. cathartic. It is yeah, cathartic. This, yeah, this this animal has gone on this adventure. Yeah, and come out on top. I, I in fact, I don't even think I've seen all of Homer Brown. I think I've only seen the end, mm-hmm. and it is devastating. Yeah. When is it? Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and Donna Michi is is the older. Oh yeah, Michael J. Fox is the little. I think it's not a pug. I think he's a is he a beagle, basset, whatever, whatever he is. And then um, Sally Field is the cat, is uh, uh, sassy. And then Shadow is the golden retriever, played by Donna Michi. Shadow, mm. hey there, kid. Like, and it's very. You should do a one man show of Homeward Bound. <laughs> it's already in. Or, it's already uh, in development. Or a com- complete works of talking dog movies abridged. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Just, and you do like the, the dog from the, the side characters from Dalmatians. <laughs> oh, 
how he's doing it. He's doing the throat clearing dog. Um, <laughs> Village Voice said this was not to miss. <laughs> I think we have a couple more contenders on this list. Yeah. There are a few on uh, that we've got here that are not that uh, again that are like. Fievel Goes West had Jimmy Stewart in it, but it's not, not a dog, dog movie. movie. Robin Hood, Doctor Doolittle. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think I think worth mentioning is the Shaggy Dog. Yeah, uh, the both, original both and versions. the and the the remake. But you, if you had to pick between the two, you'd pick the original, right? Sure. I I have a soft spot for those like 1950s live action. The Fred uh, McMurray's, yeah, yeah, Disney movies. They're a lot of fun. Um, what is jumping out at us? From this category, did you see Milo and Otis? Uh, I saw Milo and Otis when I was a kid. It's been a long I, time. I, that's I, the I pug, think, right? right? It's, Otis that's is just the... narrated by Dudley Moore, isn't it? Well, or... but it's still yes. But you, it's just, you just there's no animated lips, but there's um, it's <laughs> right. <laughs> animated... The animated did, did Babe start the animated lips? I think. So, <laughs> just imagine this like when you say animated lips, I don't think dirty. I think clutch cargo, where it's just a cut out of a dog with a human mouth and it going, "Hi there, guys, it's me, your dog, Wolf, Wolf." Uh, or just a robot chicken style, just like post-it notes over the mouth and drawn assorted shapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that one, uh, I feel we aren't. I know there's a lot of love for that movie. Mm-hmm. And so I almost feel like we've, we've failed by not, by not fully acknowledging it. So I just want to acknowledge My there's our knows. weakness <laughs> because we're clearly not going to vote for it because we didn't. Yeah. See, I, I, I did see it years ago and right. I, I, see, I, I don't remember it, it as I, well. I know, I know it is good. Homer Bowden has no moving lips. It's just their thought. It's like yes. Garfield style. Mm-hmm. Garfield style. Where, <laughs> but it's, it's only those three animals that you really see at any point. Right. They it's use, the incredible like, journey is the book, like, right? Yeah. The, the golden retriever thing where like the eyebrows go up and down in succession. Right. He's like, oh, I'm hungry. And then. Uh, but Milo and Otis, I feel like, is just a narrated story. Like, and oh, then maybe. the dogs went into a. Oh, you don't actually. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was wondering oh, why it was no... not appearing on this uh, this list. Right. I'm, that's I've been sitting so here scrolling through it. Is looking. that what the the movie The Bear? Did they do that too? Was there a narrator in that, or was that just all silent? What an interesting technique, though. The bear. Just uh, like to just have a narrator go, and then the boy mm-hmm. dog walks over. The Milo walks over there and does, yeah. and so like. And he thinks to himself, I need to get mm. the cat. Which is so, like, Planet Earth no... style. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just writing the narrative instead of following it around and uncovering it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's why. I, I guess then what I we have so. yeah. of the ones that we've got, um, for me, Hotel for Dogs jumps to the top just because hmm. I have a soft spot for that movie. There must be something something big where oh, – uh, I'm sorry. There's one that we did not mention. Um Oh, this is a mix of live action and animated. It's a mix of live action and animated. But it's ostensibly live action. It's just that yeah. the animated characters are, you know, or and the... the it's maybe the most famous. I like, one of the most famous talking dogs. I like the suspense here. Do you know who we're talking about? Give me a clue. Dave Nadelberg. Uh, ooh, okay. Um, what, how, I'm going to see how He travels by van. The dog travels mm-hmm. the by dog van. Travels by van. Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No. Oh, no. that's great. But he that travels. Was, he travels. That by was a good van. guess, right? That's that a, a great guess. guess. It was so very, I did it like down. outside of the box. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, You're hired for this job. That'd be the greatest. That's yeah. the, that's like the new. 
job interview question. Is yeah. like, Name a what, dog. What, what dog movie am I thinking of? Uh, they travel by van. Is it Teen Wolf? I like the way you think. <laughs> Welcome to the marketing team. Uh, uh, he travels by van with his high school age buddies who solve mysteries. Oh, right. Scooby the Doo. Exactly. <laughs> the Doo. Scooby the Doo. Uh, this, uh, it was the first movie, I guess. How many did they make? Did they make two? two? But the two. first one was The Island, right? The second one was The Island. What was the first one? I think the second one was like Monster Island. Or the whatever. Ghost of Freddie Prince Senior. Right. Yes. <laughs> that was the, it was, and then they take the mask off and it's Freddie Prince Senior. Yeah. Um, Chico and the man. The, the thing that's great about the Scooby Doo live action movie it's not even Scooby-Doo. It's the fact that they took a much maligned character from the Scooby-Doo universe, Scrappy-Doo. Mm-hmm. I love Scrappy-Doo. Uh, maligned? Maligned. In that Ewok way, I bet. Which yeah. I will also, which I will also defend. Sure. That, uh, just that Scrappy-Doo <laughs> is super annoying. Yeah. Cause he is annoying to the team, like by design. Oh, right. He's, I guess. he's annoying to Scooby, not to Scooby. Scooby loves him. Yeah. He's just, he gets them in trouble because he's so brave. Because he's a puppy power. Oh, yeah. He'll run in. Maybe he just annoys and the, the he viewers. He just annoys you. I think people don't like that he, he he's upset. He's got that voice that's yeah. – Well, he upset the status quo of Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. I just suddenly got a hankering for Deputy Dog, which I don't think was ever a movie but should have been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look. They made a movie out of uh, – they made a movie Underdog. Out of underdog, yeah. Which was good. That's right. I mean, I don't know if the movie was good. With Jason Lee as yeah. Underdog. But um, a live action, I don't like when they make it and they try to make them look like like a real dog. Like Marmaduke, mm-hmm. they use an actual Great Dane. Yeah, Marmaduke's cartoonish. What about uh, Sherman, Mister Peabody? Um, talking dog, yeah, yeah. It was it oh, was not that great. Right. It should I have been. Love, it should have been great. It should have been great. And I Ty love Burrell those was, cartoons. Uh, yeah, was Professor. Uh, um, was Professor Peabody? He was good. Yeah, this was, is kind of the only good. one that has a. a a human sidekick out of all of these. Yeah. Not a live, I mean, not a live it's action. A, it's and it's not, not going to beat any of those three Disney yeah, ones. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's the winner. Sadly. Um, so I wish, I wish Snoopy talked because mm-hmm. the Peanuts movie, that is a movie that brought me to tears. Is it good? I never saw it. It's the new 3D animated one. It's, yeah, I think you expect because it has that, uh, I forget whose song it is that all I do is win, 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 no matter what. It has like a, uh, a modern song in it, and you mm-hmm. watch it, you go, that's not the Vince Guaraldi trio performing right. Bassanova Nova style jazz for my uh, <laughs> enjoyment. But it's made so lovingly. Mm-hmm. It, it, they obviously understand the source material. They use all Bill Melendez vocalizations for Snoopy. So it's not new right stuff at all. It's so well made that it's like I was brought to tears at the achievement of it. Hmm. That moved me to tears. It, look, I didn't like the look of it. it that's why it kept that me away. Bothered me too. The, the like, yeah, it looked like that episode where Homer came into the real world <laughs> and looked wrong. Yeah. Um, you get used to it. It's yeah. Surprisingly, you get used to it pretty quickly. Look, a, a good, uh, a good, well-made uh, family movie that you you're like, nah, I don't expect a ton from this, and mm-hmm. then it blows you away. Paddington did that to me. Like, oh my god, it's brilliant. Paddington yeah, every, is fantastic. My uh, yeah, the the producer, mm-hmm. podcast producer I was referring to before Hadley, um, she is obsessed with Paddington. She's like, "Did you see Paddington yet? It's Did so you see Paddington good. yet? Did you see it yet? No, go see. Oh, it. I have. I don't mean go I, see I, it. I mean sit at home and see it because it's available. I will watch it. Yeah. I haven't watched the sequel yet, but it made. I'm me excited to watch the. I haven't seen it either. Watching the original, uh, the or the the first film, mm-hmm. most recent first film, 
uh, made me get the sequel immediately. And then I went to the TV section of Apple TV and I bought all of the 1970s stop motion shorts that they used to show on Pinwheel on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. I, I remember don't remember Pinwheel. that I liked Paddington as a child. I think I was always like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. But I think it weird. It's a very proper bit of like, oh, a bear would never sit on that. Chair. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> but was well, it, I'm, but I'm was, is it good? It is. The oh, old ones. Yeah, they're great. See, I have they're a so thing charming. against Pinwheel because my sister watched all six hours of Pinwheel every right. day and it I like, never got to watch anything. My mom was like, sure, you can watch your show when her show's over. And my mom didn't understand a Pinwheel six hours long. Uh, your sister is good strategy. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I get to watch my show and then you can watch yours. But mine's half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, just use the DVR that hasn't yeah. existed yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, use the VCR we, plus. Yeah, we just <laughs> have a VCR us. blinking 12 o'clock. Um, all right. Do we, do we have a live action movie that's gonna, that can go toe to toe with these three animated classics? Homeward Bound seems. Homeward be, Bound is, is to be up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not supporting you as much on, on Hotel, Hotel for, for Dogs, Dogs, but like I could if I really rewatched yeah. it. Sure. If you want to rewatch it, it's on my shelf over there. I know our friend is in that movie. <laughs> yes. Our friend, uh, Eric Edelstein. Yes. Who was recently on the show. Fathers of the show. That's right. <laughs> Eric Edelstein is in that film. He's, uh, he's, uh, one of the bad guys, but the, uh, but like the, the main celebrity bad guys, I think the, I think, the, I think a good villain. Ooh, you know what? You know what? I, I just put a thought in my head. What? Um, you just, a, you just found the winner. I think so. Well, of course you did. Cause a good, a Bro. good villain who's fighting against the dog or yeah. dogs, that helps a dog movie I, be I agree. epically amazing. So, so in, uh, you know, I, I, and I think like with Hotel for Dogs, movies where the dog is like running around in like a fancy proper thing and everyone's mm-hmm. getting very upset, <laughs> Yeah, you know, whether it's traipsing through a wedding or a house or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's a really great cliche in a lot of dog movies. Um, Beethoven did it epically. Yeah. Sure. He's very good at that. Mm-hmm. That Beethoven. <laughs> great, great big dog. But, and, and even in mouse hunt, uh, like with like a tiny animal, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff happens. But, um, uh, but yeah, a villain, Villain is very, very important, and 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 there's no bigger villain than Cruella. Cruella yeah. But, and I mean, the the thing about Fox and the Hound is it's such like a nice, gentle movie. Yeah. And there's there is villains. There's uh, basically it's man. It's like yeah. man saying like you're supposed to kill your friend. Yeah. The concept of <laughs> deliberate, unwarranted <laughs> hatred towards the other is the villain. Right. But he never, and there's the, 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 the climax of that movie, just to, just to, just to give it its due, mm-hmm. is the, the farmer has a shotgun and, um, and he's about to kill, he's like cornered the, the fox and he's like, I'm going to get you fox who's wounded. And so you're going to be, and like the fox is like lying in the water, like, I guess I'm going to die now by shotgun. And what does the hound copper do? Gets right in the middle, like steps yeah. right between the gun and his friend, and he does the right thing. Yeah, and it's really, it's really yeah. important. It's touching. And the, and the and the and the owner, the, the the gun owner is like, the farmer is like, get out of the way, copper. What are you doing? And copper's like, no. And I thought this was a really interesting touch. Copper could have gone like, get out of here, but mm-hmm. copper didn't. Copper went. Mm-hmm. And that was really, I was like, that's really like 
vulnerable. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like empathy yeah. and I was like, it holy. gives the right message. Yeah. Not, I'm going to bite you, but this is my friend. But You'll break please. my heart if yeah. you shoot this yeah. And I don't know if it made a, for a, a, it doesn't make as, as dramatic of a movie, mm-hmm. but it's a bolder choice. Yeah. And that, you know, it's interesting because, uh, 101 Dalmatians is, I think, a, it, like, I mean, I've said all the things that I think are great about it, but it wasn't one that, there was ever like real stakes. I mean, there were stakes, but it didn't. They're going to get turned into a coat. Yeah, yeah but but I, <laughs> there, there, there were murder puppies. There weren't. There weren't. Um, I guess heartstrings. There wasn't heartstring pulling like there is. And and one thing that we've been using, uh, sort of uh, as a metric. As a metric is is did you cry you even said like right. say if this movie made you cry 101 dalmatians is great it didn't make me cry it doesn't 101 dalmatians is great with comedy and great with adventure mm-hmm. and fox and the hound is great with emotion mm-hmm. and and sort of maybe messages or like you know statements right and lady uh, and the tramp less, is less, iconically is yeah. one in, incredibly iconic scene but but i was going to say that that fox and the hound is not as good with Drama. The music is kind of mediocre, mm-hmm. especially compared to Cruella de Vil. Like right. you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. At the end of the day, what's more important, emotions or adventure? In life, because yeah. <laughs> that's or, talk, or talking dog movies. <laughs> Which one tells the better story? Right. The villain. I think there are check. There are checks and balances here between the two films. Right. Overall. Which one tells the better story? And I'm not saying that to sway it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, to to be frank, I don't know if I if I saw Fox and the Hound, I was very young. Mm-hmm. I have no memory of it. And hearing that description of that moment, I said, <laughs> "Well, he can't get any better than that." Yeah, <laughs> you could describe the movie The Fox and the Hound in about sixty seconds. But is, yeah, is mm-hmm. everything between the moments of them as a, as children and that moment? That emotional moment does, is all that fill better than the elements inside of 101 Dalmatians, which I leave to you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that I railroaded this though. How no. so? I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I came in with a pre thing and then no, I was like, I told you, I told you every, yeah. like everybody I talked to was like, Oh, it's Fox and the Hound. Oh, it's Fox I don't, don't want to be the railroader. No, you're not the railroader. <laughs> you're not the, <laughs> you're not the railroader. <laughs> you're the guest. You this is an important yeah. topic. This yeah. is it deserves never, justice. We've never yeah. talked about anything more important than this ever, <laughs> yeah. ever. We Until the next episode. Right. Until then, anything. we love all our babies way, equally. I, I, in, in, I, as a, uh, as we, as we move to the decision, I do have a quick tangent, which is, I had this thought for a future episode for you, which yes. is, in this conversation made me think of the chipmunk movies, yeah, mm-hmm. which I hate, and I love the chipmunks growing up, but I hate the those movies are terrible. Even the squeakle, huh? Well, that's what Ew. it made me think of was pun the title movies, like the best movie. Ooh. Or TV shows with a, a pun title. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and it doesn't have to be kids movies. I'm sure there are pun titles for adults too, but, um, well, that I imagine could be a, deb- a good debate. We will revisit all of the Airbud franchise. Yeah. Oh, when yeah, those time are all comes. <laughs> and mer- most vertical primate. Most vertical, most vertical primate. primate. So oh. bad. You know that they like just whipped it on a trampoline until it jumped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not condoning it. Like cool. I said, Hollywood I'm has it. This. Hollywood has all of the chimp footage it will ever need. Well, uh, oh god, um, this is a tough call. Like, 
I mean, my my personal vote would be for 101 Dalmatians, but it's the movie. Yeah. You have something. I'm not going to cut this out. You have something in your eyelash, and I'm scared it's going to go into your eye. All right, you're fine. Did I get it? You're not going to cut this out. <sighs> something more important <laughs> than than this decision is making sure you have your eyesight. Thanks, Boo Boo. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I, I don't. It's My tough. I, for I, 101 Dalmatians, I think it checks a lot of boxes it, for me. It's it is m- sort of, I guess, more. That movie didn't shape me. Mm-hmm. So like, and whereas Fox and the Hound, I think left like an imprint in me. Right. Um. But it the, the, the 101 Dalmatians is a more satisfying film. Mm-hmm. Um. In that, uh, what it does well, you know, like it's the film you remember more. And, and there's a reason it's more popular, and I don't think it's just because there's more cute animals. Mm-hmm. Although maybe. Um, what happens at the end of Fox and the Hound? After I assume the fox is not shot. Oh, this is crazy. Please so this is me. this is that end. They're scene. both shot. No, oh, this is perfect. This is crazy. The end scene. So after like Copper gets in the way, and it goes, mm-hmm, and then the and then the the farmer goes, all right. I guess I'm not going to kill the fox. And, uh, and he lowers the gun and the dog joins him. And then, and then, and you kind of hope that the farmer's like, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> this movie shaped you, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but the, the dog, the, he walks away and I think it actually hurts the movie, but it is very interesting. It's sort of one of those, I don't know if you ever saw time bandits, but it's one of those mm-hmm. like endings where it's like, Oh, you didn't need to be that bleak or, or stark, but, and so the ending of this movie is Copper the dog just joins the farmer and they go off and he and the fox set, like they don't have a, it doesn't end with them together. Like there's not a moment where they're like, thanks man, you really, you really stood huh. up for me and we're going to be friends forever now. They end just walking away. And maybe they do after the in the, in the sequel. Actually, there was a sequel, a but the sequel takes place. It's the children, the, isn't it? The se- sequel takes place in the intervening years of like one of the sections of like. Oh, really? <laughs> like, like Clone like, Wars? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, so you had Corey Feldman as young, you had Kurt Russell as yeah. older Copper, and they had someone play puberty Copper. It's, it's like something Harrison like that. Fan or something plays Copper in that movie. But they they wind up. They wind up going off their separate ways. And so if there was a, um, a, a sequel that did like, you know, what would happen next chronologically, maybe they do get back together and hang out on Tuesdays or whatever by the crick. But, mm. um, but, but, it, but this is not where this movie ends. This movie ends with like, he does a heroic act and then it's like, they go, they don't even like have, share a meaningful so look. Say they don't even like, he doesn't turn around and look and give him a nod. No. And, and so it's look. sort of anticlimactic. So it's, it's sort of ballsier that they do that, but then also mm. less good. There, there's a thin line in films and I, I'm not, I can't judge which side this comes down on between ballsy and lazy. Yes. Where you either go, boy, that was a really brave decision to end it that way versus, yeah. Yeah. well, uh, we have our big moment and then what happens? They walk away from each other. Yeah. And then we roll the credits. But what happens to Tony Soprano? It's a blackout. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really profound statement and true uh, yeah. that there's a thin line between bold and lazy and or sloppy or, or whatever. Yeah. I do think that that 
while it is very cool, I do think that that ending, um, to not milk that more, uh, I think it is, I think it was a missed opportunity and, um, and I don't think it was something that the filmmakers as artists were fighting for. Ha <laughs> we got our artistic way. I think, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it was part of the factory and it, you know, they turned out this product and, and, and it turned out that way. Right. I don't, well, I don't know. Considering the time, I mean, it was, you'd just gone through the late seventies of movies. But this was which, like the dark period of Disney movies where yeah. they, I think nobody respected animation yet. It's 81. Uh, yeah. It's 81, this movie. Like animation was, it wasn't until like Little Mermaid that people were like, animation's important. And then The mm-hmm. Simpsons also like mm-hmm. making it like a thing for adults and just the eight, like the Black Cauldron and, and Fox and the Hound. And there was all those movies in the seventies and eighties, like, right. and all those peanuts cartoons, like animation in that time was not respected and, but there, there are some like gems in there, but they're like, mm. you know, like the last unicorn where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not good, but it is good. And it's also <laughs> right. not good, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, it's that dark, I, that's a dark. So anyway, I cut you off. Maybe you were about to say that. No, I, I was saying that if, if cinema at the time was in a particularly bleak period, uh, not bleak, but you know, you've got things like, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and Rocky and, you know, this, this sort of grittier movies coming out around that time. I wonder if it was a conscious thing huh. on Disney's part to go, you know what? No, let's just end it like this. I don't, I, it doesn't feel like it. That feels like, it feels like lazy yeah. filmmaking. It doesn't feel like a risk because it's a risk mm-hmm. to take that in a family movie to not create a happy ending or a definitive ending to just have it be like, right. what is my child? I'm taking my child to this. Mm-hmm. What are they going to come away from it with? Like I equate it to the Pay end back of a debt. I'm sorry, what? Because like, it's because it sounds like it sounds like the hounds just. It sounds like coppers just like paying back a debt. They're like, all right, you live now. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Cut off all contact. And it is. It is. I would say it's accidentally ballsy that part. Hmm. Um, but uh, which is still to be commended. Right. But um, it does lean me against. I, I equate it a little bit to the end of the Neverending Story. Um, there's this big climactic battle between the, the, the Atreyu, the boy, and the, and the Gamork, the, the evil wolf thing. Mm-hmm. Also a talking dog. Oh, and, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's the least climactic. All that happens, there's no battle. Like, they lunge at each other, and then it's over immediately. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, and did, then uh, the, did they forget to have an action scene there? The Gamork falls over with a, with a sharp it's rock such in its a, chest. And it's such a non, it, it's sloppy and, and there, I, I assume that they shot something, realized it looked terrible or they lost their money or who knows what, but they, they, but it, it's bad that it, it doesn't, it's mm-hmm. not exciting. Yeah. And so I, I think I, I do want more from that ending, uh, as much as I do think, uh, it's such a beautiful movie. Uh, yeah. the, the, the F and H. Good old F and H. <laughs> yeah. Also probably the name of a pub somewhere. Yeah. Here. For sure it is. Is there a fox and the hound here? Yeah, down the street from literally where we are in Wait, uh, Studio City. Get out of here. We can go there right now and get drunk. You know what? Let's go there, get drunk, and celebrate 101 Dalmatians' victory in this I, episode. I think, I think that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. People of the world, this was the good. most important topic we've ever settled in our life. And before <laughs> you, you start lipping off on the Facebook group and on Twitter – we're not going to count 
space balls because he's not a dog. He's a mog. He's half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. Thank you. The best dog movie is 101 Dalmatians. All your other dog movies, sorry. They, they're not as good. They're in the kennel. They're in the kennel. Oh. We've kenneled them up. At least they're not with that most vertical primate getting <laughs> nipple clamps put on them. <laughs> Ride a skateboard down a ramp, for goodness sakes. <sighs> or that new dog. What is it? Show dogs? They had to like, oh. re-edit it? No. Leave these dogs, leave dogs alone. What was the deal with show dogs? It was just so. There was some weird suggestive scene or something in it, but also they're like, they weren't shampooing dogs. They were covering them in acid. I don't know what they were doing, but they stop. And also, those you other of show dogs or dogs purpose. No, show dogs. Oh, the dogs new one. purpose. That was the one where they were like, they were like, throw the dogs off of a a, a pier <laughs> and let them swim, or like electrify the dog. Like, stop. We have stop. to stop. We have to wrap this stop up. Stop it. Hundred one Dalmatians is the best. You know why it's the best? Because they're animated. Because they're animated. <laughs> Nobody hurt an actual dog. Nobody put anything <laughs> sharp inside anything to make anybody do anything, except for Walt with the animators. And that's their business. They're all adults. <laughs> what they do behind closed doors is up to them. Asked and answered. But is Pooch the runner-up? Pooch yes, is the, Pooch is, of course, the runner-up. Pooch runner is up. the secret runner-up. Uh, Dave Nadelberg, thank you so much for joining uh, us. Thanks, yeah, guys. We, this was awesome. We talked a little bit about Mortified. Where can people learn more? Where, where, where do you want them to go see... Listen to, watch, give it all. Uh, you can check out Mortified. Uh, you can just go to getmortified.com and, and you can discover stage shows and, and we have a new, di- we actually have our own diary. You can, you can, uh, write, uh, journal entries, uh, all about your favorite dog movies growing up, uh, <laughs> in, in our new book, My Mortified Life. Um, and you can find me at Dave Nadelberg on, uh, on the Twitters. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank well, you. thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this topic is closed. There are many more topics to discuss, people. So, uh, reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweet. Check out the Maximum Fund subreddit or. You can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group, the best group on the internet, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, who put together a very nice document that we referred to copiously in this episode. Graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners. If I may end this the way it began, speaking my favorite language. Woof, 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 woof. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. Woof. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.